All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to debrief the entire Iowa State football season and then quickly, quickly, because we don't need to talk about it for too long, quickly move into some Iowa State basketball news. And then, of course, we do have some cyclones in the NFL. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue as well as the best place to watch the big game. Head on over there every single day for their $5 pitchers. You got vodka, tequila, rum, just a hell of a deal all around. They got good food deals, still have FAC deals going for $5 wraps, as well as some adioses. And just, you know what? Go and support our boy, Ben. He's the best. You've heard us say it all the time. He's the king of Ames. If you have not met him, I don't know what you're doing, but head on over to BNC Fieldhouse, support this pod, and support our boy, Ben. And without further ado, we will get into our long-awaited season preview. Iowa State 14, TCU 62. Kind of a brutal way to end it. I don't know what you want us to say, um, but at least it's over, right? At least we're no longer suffering. Is that is that the fair take to come out of this? Is, is that what's going on? We get we get three hours back on our Saturdays that we don't have to yes. get frustrated. So that's kind of nice, right? I feel like that's where you and I have always disagreed. I would much rather watch Iowa State play and lose than not watch them at all. Like I watched every single minute of that TCU travesty and I, I just couldn't stop watching it. Like I think there's what, what, what I said this like a, a few episodes back. There's something about me that is clinging on to being hurt. Like I want to be hurt. And um, and that's that's what I got. I got exactly what I wanted this Saturday. I I. I mean, if they were playing every single Saturday, I would probably still be watching them too. But I think that's also the beauty uh, in the seasonality of sport is that you get to move on to something else. Um, and you have sort of that that scarcity of, of football games and whatnot. So it's been a rough one. I, I mean, this game was hard to watch. I In our group chat, I, I had my boss call me for work. And I stepped away from the TV for about no joke, probably less than five minutes in real time. And the Cyclones were down, I believe, 10 to nothing at that point when I stepped away. And then all of a sudden it was 24 to nothing when I got back. And I was like, oh, yeah. this game is this game is now actually over. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> um, they like quickly. Sc- I think they scored 14 points like within one minute. It was something. Absurd. It was so weird because I just like yeah. I hopped into the office quick and was on the phone for no more than like, like I said, six, six minutes in real time. Um, mm-hmm. And then I walk back in to see how things are going and it's 24 nothing in the first quarter. And I was like, well, <laughs> at least my Saturday is, is <laughs> I know that um, I'm not going to, I don't know. It was kind of I, I'm I I hate this take, but it's kind of true. It was kind of refreshing to not have like some heartbreak one score loss. Like it was like it sucked. Like a loss is a loss and it sucks. But yeah. at least it was like I could remove myself from the TV for a little bit and do other things because it was just like, oh, we're down 30 plus and it's the third quarter, like, yeah, this one's over, you know, like versus like, oh, every play matters, you know. Um, and I you think it helps you kind of move on a little bit from it too, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely easier to move on than like a heartbreaker. Like, 
I would much rather have my heart broken than go through a blowout like that again. But at the same time, it's easier to move past. Like I was over the game before the fourth quarter started. That never happens. So I guess if we're trying to find some weird twisted silver lining, we found it. There it is. Um, Sad stat here. You ready for the sad stat? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. So the TCU kicker scored 14 points, which is equal to or even more than our total points in six separate games this year. So half of our games, the TCU kicker scored as much or more, which is pretty sad. So we we predicted um an eight and four record, which I think we were close because it was, I was, I was seven, like we seven were, and five. Uh, I, I we settled on eight and four, and I corrected or I correctly guessed eight and four because I'm just dyslexic. I meant to say four and eight. Like, haha, got you guys. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Meant That's meant to say works. four and eight. Um, also meant to guess uh correctly for the Iowa game that we would win. Um, that was truly like the Thanos meme of what is it? Um, you, you beat Iowa, um, but at what cost? Yes, that's it. Gained everything to lose everything. Yeah. That was, um, where the season spiraled, which was hilarious because at that point we were undefeated, you know, just stomping on the grave of Hawkeye fans of all everywhere in the state and everything spiraled from there. Yeah, can uh, imagine listening to our, like our Baylor preview episode. We're like, oh yeah, we might be ranked soon <laughs> <laughs> after beating Ohio by thirty three points. But let and me say we, this: we dude. go on to win one game the rest of the year from there. <laughs> one this game. We're so hot, shit. Oh my gosh, that actually says something pretty major about the Big Ten Conference versus Big Twelve. And I, I think it's fair to say that in the past, the Big Ten has been. Back. I would say pretty noticeably better than the Big 12. But this was top heavy. Years. It's been top heavy for centuries. It's it's Ohio State, Michigan, and then the rare Michigan State, Penn State team. That's it. Yeah. Wisconsin's still... solid too. Yep. I would say but they don't they don't compete there. with you know, they're still very much below that threshold. And even Michigan just got there. Michigan was below Ohio. It was like Ohio State was the only one. And then all these other scrubs were trying to come for him. And then, yeah, the Big Ten's always been top heavy. It's it's it gets carried by those big schools. It's like it's the reason why this Iowa team is whatever. Like they were still had a shot to play in the Big Ten championship because you get to play after losing to Nebraska. They were still yeah. potentially going you to get make- to play Nebraska. You get to play Minnesota, Purdue, Indiana, like. Rutgers, scrubby ass schools. You get to avoid Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State. You get to avoid at least like two of those teams every single year. Um, and yeah, so well, that's I think my take um, on it. But we don't we don't have to talk about that school because I hate talking about that school, anyways. It's not necessarily talking about that school though, but I just I think this is like one of those rare times where I would say I don't know about Michigan or Ohio State because I really think Michigan has the strongest case to be rated number one. They're number two right now behind Georgia. Um, I don't know. I'm also facing this weird, this is a sidebar. I always say, no matter what, if a team wins a national championship, they should be ranked number one going into the season and should stay there until someone knocks them off. Um, I know that there's a lot of like red tape with that. There's a lot to analyze with these rankings, but 
I'm also facing the fact that I, I think Michigan might honestly be the best team in college football right now. Like what they did in that fourth quarter to Ohio state, they just like kept the pedal on the metal. They did the same thing last year. And then they got the doors blown off them in the CFP. But Georgia looks mortal. That's the difference. Georgia looks mortal this year. Because the SEC is just better. Just, yes, he's better, but I, I, I don't. Know. I, I, I would not be shocked to see the exact same outcome if Michigan plays Georgia of them just getting spanked again. That would surprise me. It did not surprise me last year. I think this Michigan team is a little bit different. Um, and I also think this Georgia team is a little bit different on opposite ends of the spectrum. I think Michigan's a bit better. I think Georgia's a little bit worse. Um, I th- but I, I think, think it all. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think what's hard to grasp is I don't believe there's a true juggernaut in the college football landscape this year. Like Georgia was that team last year. It was hard to envision anyone was going to knock them off. I think Bama did in the uh, SEC title game. But other than that, it was like hard to envision who's going to beat Georgia this year. I really think that I don't think TCU is going to win. I don't think USC is going to win, but I think they could. I think anything can actually happen this year, and I think it's going to be a really fun playoff. Yeah, my point that I was going to make, too, is that I always think the other thing is that a lot of these northern schools are at a disadvantage for the CFP stuff because they go and play in these, like, neutral site or dome games, and that was, like, a big thing. You know, like, even talking to the Ohio State game, they were saying that it was, like, going to be windy and things like that. That's advantageous to like some of these schools. Like they build their school, the cold weather schools, like that kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. And a lot of the SEC schools don't ever have to deal with that. They play in perfect weather the entire year. It's a little hot early in the year, but I don't know. I, I do still think Georgia's just like a cut above everyone else. Like they've, they've kind of had like, I mean, I they're my bad. Yeah. But like, it's like, you know, it's like they still haven't even like struggled too much. They, they took care of Tennessee after Tennessee came off a big win against Bama. They've basically smoked everyone else. Like kicked the shit out of Oregon at the start of the year. And yeah, they get to play LSU here, but you know, anything can kind of happen there, but I think it's kind of, I don't know. I'm not going to buy the big 10 bullshit of one of those schools doing well in the CFP, but that's not Ohio state until like one of them does it because I, I just think that's how it is. Like Ohio state's always able to compete with the sec because they have like, sec caliber athletes usually mm-hmm. and i think michigan's slightly below that like th- they're obviously there because it's still an elite program but there is still kind of a little bit of difference and also in the way that like the schemes that they run and, and everything that i think like a lot of times michigan they're able to bully these big 10 schools because a lot of them suck and they have a huge recruiting advantage and i don't think that's going to be maybe the case when you go face georgia that's got the has had the best recruiting classes for the last couple of years and has like crazy good defensive line talent and all this kind of shit that I just I don't know. So I I'm still skeptical in some of basically any school besides Georgia probably winning the CFP this year. But crazy I mean, my happen. money's on Georgia. My money's on Georgia. I think um I don't know, dude. TCU, let's circle back to TCU a little bit here. Because we have not had an ass kicking like that in a long time. Say what you will about Iowa State. We have not been great in our football history for the past two decades, but we actually don't often get blown out. That was a good old fashioned ass beaten. And um, oh, you man, don't get blown out with Matt Campbell. 
not with Matt Campbell. Dude, I loved it. Like there was something about it. It was like, give me an old like throwback to the good old Iowa State days where I would wake up on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. because I would sleep in that late. And then boom, we're already down 14 points in the first quarter. Like it it, it was nostalgic for me. Yeah. Getting an ass beating like that was nostalgic. And oh, there's something about it. I loved these, it. I love these it. are the cyclones I went to school with. You know, these are I I I really miss these three win teams, you know. Oh, these, I miss it so these bad. two win Paul Rhodes teams that just got dominated in every oh, element and in all the margins. Dude, you know what's weird though? No, actually, this isn't weird at all. It was the most predictable thing of all time. Decker's getting injured. It's not funny. It's not funny, but like it's kind of hysterical. Like, not for the sake of Deckers, but for the but sake TCU. of the fact that they have. Yeah, they've injured five starting quarterbacks this year. Like that is that's something that I honestly don't think enough people talk about. And I think um, for us, we don't have any argument because we got throttled by over 50 points. But with all these other games, like things could have happened differently. Like, I, I don't know. And, and I think um, it's one of those things where if you see this repeated pattern over and over again, you've got to start believing in it at some extent. Like the Kirk cousins primetime thing for a long time. I was like, okay, this is a coincidence. Like he's not trash in primetime, but Holy shit. After year upon year upon year of seeing him just play like dog shit on Thursday night football, Sunday night football, whenever it is, you kind of have to assume maybe he actually just isn't good in primetime. I don't think there's a coincidence. I think a little bit of what TCU, and I don't believe it's intentional. I don't believe it's like one of those, uh, um, new Orleans saints things. Um, but like, there's gotta be some question marks there. Not, not necessarily from like a coaching perspective, but from a perspective of, are they going to close out the big 12 championship against a Kansas state team that they injured their starting quarterback earlier on in the year? I think my money is still on TCU, but there's always going to be that question mark because they have had, again, I'm not, I'm excluding us. They've injured five starting quarterbacks, but they've had four easier outs because they didn't have to face a starting quarterback in the fourth quarter. Games are won in the fourth quarter. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I I do think it is kind of, I don't know. It, it is very wild that our quarterback did get hurt during it. Um, Like weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not funny in the sense that he got injured, but funny in the sense like, holy shit, everyone saw this coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely... Um, you know, you got. I don't know. I don't know because it's it's just like I I'm I really don't want them to fuck up against K State too because I really want the Big Twelve and the CFP. Me too. Like, Me too. And I would like the thing is that they're also in the three slot, which they can play this this fraud Michigan team too. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so excited to keep calling them frauds, and then they just absolutely kick the shit out of TCU. But Dude, that's probably what's gonna happen, anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, we've never been wrong on this podcast before anyway. So like, yeah, we we're just dyslexic. We would have guessed a four and eight record if, yeah. if we had that ability. Um, well, I don't know. I just don't think you can do the same thing five times in the exact same season and expect no one to question what's going on. Well, just, they're going to try for seven and if they get to seven, they might be a national champion. So, well, actually eight, they, they technically have three more. They have to, to injure eight starting. So they injure, um, how, Howard for K-State. I think he's a starting quarterback. 
Um, and then they injure who do they who do they play first round? They injure Michigan. McCarthy. They injure McCarthy. That's that's body bag number seven. And then body bag number eight. I mean, is Caleb Williams gonna make it to the national no. championship? No, no. Let's talk about Caleb Williams. Let's talk not. about a player that was awful against us when we played them. <laughs> and then immediately after we played them, went off. The Patrick Mahomes effect. Every single Iowa State fan that saw the Patrick Mahomes game was like, he is going to be an, an awful NFL quarterback, including myself, including you, including every Iowa State fan I talked to. And then, boom, he plays Iowa State, is horrible, and then is amazing after that. Caleb Williams, look up his stats. Very brutal against Iowa State. That was the game where I'm like, oh, He's with the same coach, it though. Good. It's kind of weird. It is weird. I mean, well, dude, he took a huge step up. I think USC's roster is worse than Oklahoma's roster. But Caleb Williams just got that much better. Like he is, I, I almost didn't want to believe that he was as good as what he is showing, but he kind of is. He's really, really good. Yeah. Wait, was it him or was it Spencer Rattler who's bad against us? So Spencer, we played both of them. We played Spencer um, the year prior. And then the following season, Spencer was a starter going into it. And then he just was playing so poorly that they benched him, put in Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams was in for us or when we played them. And I think he, I don't have the stats in front of me. So someone's going to call me out on this, but he had less than like a hundred yards passing. And I think he had like 60 yards running in one of the runs was like a 40 yard run. So other than that, he wasn't that effective. So he, he was pretty, Mediocre. pretty below average against Iowa state. And honestly, he didn't look good either. Like his stats reflected exactly how good he was. Like watching him on the film looked very brutal. But I don't know, dude just took a huge step up this year, and he's fun to watch. Playing those easy Pac-12 teams. That too. I'm just gonna drive uh, all these narratives. I'm just a narrative driver. I'm I'm gonna be very Big 12 biased moving forward, and I probably already have been. But so TCU is gonna win it all, baby. No, not that that bias. I'm realistic a little bit. Do you think K State can do it against them? I mean, they're. I uh, hope not. I, Kansas 10. State, no, just stop it, dude. It's kind of like what Hakeem said. Like Hakeem's, like I just feel like they're never that good. Like they're never bad, but they're just like never that threatening. And I, I have never related so badly to a take like that. Like that was, that's always how I envision K State. They're a team that I always feel like we should beat, or at least a team that we can very easily beat, and that we just don't. But I don't know. This year they're good. They're just well coached all around. I think. Yeah, yeah. Climbing's done a good job. All right. Um, anything else about the football season before we move on? Sucked. Changes good. need to be made. Tom, man, get the fuck out of here. I'll help you pack your bags. I really think we should uh, promote Mouse to offensive coordinator, and if if. Just give them the option, Tom. If you want to take like these four no, no, players, not, they, they can no. be yours. Otherwise, just go somewhere else. Just get them out of here. I'll pitch something to you. What about Cliff Kingsbury as new offensive coordinator? <laughs> I don't think the Cardinals can afford to fire him. They just gave him <laughs> an extension. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that would be a lot, and I don't think that would be money that we could even compare. To I also him. don't think he would ever want to live in Ames, Iowa. Though no. he did live in Lubbock, Texas. So no, no way. Dude, did do you did you like see like his um I don't want to call it a fortress, but it was more of like an evil lair. Have you yeah, seen yeah, the that? house photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was literally like something a villain would own, but um, yeah, 
I don't know. If he wants to come to Ames, who am I to say no? Go on over here. I, I think he's um, not that great of an NFL coach. I think he's better than he gets Terrible. credit for. I think he's better than he gets credit for. I just think he's also not like the guy to coach Kyler. Like you need a huge coaching presence to control that dude. I don't think um, Kyler's good either. And we've had this debate before and I'm kind have, of being proven I'm, I'm right like I'm because you, you said he was top five, I believe. I didn't say that. At the time I, when I predicted that, I said he will be a top five quarterback by this year, which I'm very wrong. I'm very correct. wrong. Yes. Um, okay. Um, miscellaneous things here. X is in the top three for the Boletnikoff Award. Um, greatest wide receiver in the nation with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's probably going to win. And then Zay Flowers. Um, so this is... I think um, you you really could argue X, that X should get it. He played on like the shittiest team. I was just about to say that. I mean, and also every Ohio team State knew State. going into the game, they're like, we're shutting the fuck out of like X. And he had a first year quarterback throwing to him while Marvin Harrison Jr. had a Heisman finalist throwing to him. So exactly the fuck. So I think X honestly should win it because it's, it's kind of like, I believe that when you talk greatest of all time, when you talk who's better than who, you have to look at impact made on the field. And I think X has made the largest impact for what he had to work with. I think Marvin Harrison has been maybe a little bit more impressive just from like a TD count perspective, but rush or uh, excuse me, receiving yards, total receptions, X is beating everyone on that list. Um, Again, Marvin Harrison and Zay both just have more touchdowns than him, which obviously that means something. Um, But congrats to him. Also, congrats to him and Will McDonald on all Big 12 first team honors in all and Big 12 second team. Breaking oh, the sack oh. record. And breaking the sack record. There we go. There we go. Do you want to guess who is on the second team for all Big 12? We, there's four of them. I know you haven't checked yet. Have you? I saw a graphic on Twitter, but I can't remember. TJ Tampa, I believe, is on it. There you go. That's and one. Is Anderson on there? No. Yeah. He entered the draft. That was the other news I saw. Did you say Anderson or Anthony? Anthony Anderson. Johnson? The, the, the defensive lineman, Anderson. Oh, he, he no. Entered the he, draft. Well, he was honorable mention. He was honorable yeah. mention. All right. I'll just give the rest of them. Yeah, I'm not going to. Trevor Downing, Anthony wait, wait, Johnson. Wait. Oh. Jace Gilbert. Nope. Jared Russ, you're all over the place. And then TJ Tampa, we're second team, all Big 12. And then honorable mention, I don't know why Trevor Downing and um, Will McDonald are on the honorable big mention or honorable Big 12. What? what why are they on here? Probably because Trevor Downing might have played two different positions this year. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, it says... Will McDonald and Trevor Downing are both on honorable mention while also being selected for first and second team respectively. And then the rest of honorable mention is miles purchase, MJ Anderson, Jeremiah Cooper, Bo Freiler, our boy Freeler, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um, Orion Vance dude is a Haas. He deserves that Colby reader. So Colby new, new starting linebacker for Iowa state this year. I, I don't think we talked about him enough. I mean, we, just didn't talk enough about the defense as far as like how good they were compared to the rest of our team. But Colby reader was fantastic. I think he got involved in a lot of tackles. Um, and then 
last person. Do you want to guess the last person who made honorable mention? I just looked at it, so I, I it's not fun for me to guess it, but yeah, Hunter Deckers. So some something um that's good. This Tom Manning honorable mention <laughs> offensive coordinator. They're probably factoring in um Deckers <laughs> for Tom Manning. They're like, you know what? For what for all the dog shit play calls that this guy had to deal with. I mean, Deckers was also one of those weird guys who was clutch when he needed to, like through two picks against Iowa that would emotionally ruin most quarterbacks. And he still slung it for 99 yards for the win. There were many times where like first and second down and it just didn't look quite right. But every now and then he would throw on a cape and just convert on fourth down. So I don't know. He He's a, he's going to be a, a confusing analysis this week. And obviously we got a little bit of a taste of Rocco Becht. Do you, do you think it's because TCU injured so many quarterbacks that like it's oh just God. like there's like not enough to qualify to start? <laughs> Dude, oh man, I I hate to think that that's probably what happened. <laughs> like Adrian Martinez can't be honorable mention because no. he got like injured in his out for the season and only played like six games. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't out for the season, but he lost his starting job. And then wait, did he come back and just like suck ass? He didn't suck, but like there. I mean, he wasn't good before, it anyways. But... I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but it's it's something Howard. Like I want to say it's Spen- Will Howard. I think it's Spencer Howard. Spencer Howard. Um, he's just a he's a better pocket presence. Like he just um, he just is more accurate with the football, reads the defense a little bit quicker. I think he gets a ball out of his hands quicker. But Adrian Martinez, can Will Howard, his... you were correct. Good job, Will Howard. All right. Look at that. So um, congrats to everyone who made um, honorable mention as well as first and second team, big 12 um, moving on from there transfer portal and departures. Like you said, Ant has declared for the NFL draft. No surprise there. Um, you know, he, he's had a phenomenal last two seasons. So I think you got to capitalize on that. Mason chambers, a defensive back for us has entered the transfer portal. Best of luck to you, Mason. Love the name. And Damn, I think that's pretty much it for football news. Deion Silas entered the transfer portal as well. He did? Yeah. That's no surprise. I think um, he was the second string running back going into the season, and then Cartavius Norton kind of overtook that a little bit. And then, oh, man, I, th- I think Deion actually slipped below. He Eli went Jirel first. Yeah, Eli Sanders. That's the other guy I was thinking of. So, um. Best of luck to him. Honestly, he could make a pretty good impact somewhere else. So tough to lose you, but I get it. Um, Kenny Nwangu, kickoff return against the Pats. That's a good team to do it against. They have good special teams operations. And um, but yeah, he's he's just a very fast guy. And he also won special teams player of the week for the NFC. So that's actually pretty cool. Look at him go. Look at making him go. us making us proud. Mm-hmm. Draft a cyclone for the NFL. You'll do well. Um, speaking of pro sports, Tyrese Halliburton, 40 assists and zero turnovers in a three-game span. NBA history. Should we clap it up? Good work, Tyrese. I don't think we've ever had someone make history in either professional football or basketball. Definitely not professional football. But what about professional basketball? Have we had anyone make history there? What do you mean make history? Like, I don't know. It's just a big ass thing. But they're in any any sport. They can find like the most random. Have you ever seen that? That Taddeus Young um, 
infographic. It's like it's like one of the best little memes that goes about. Um, no. but it's like it's like the most it's like the perfect thing of like nitpicking um sports. Uh this second. So this is this is the sad meme, but it's like it's like nitpicking. So it's players with 800 games who have averaged 13 and a half points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 49% field goal percentage, 30% three-point field goals. These are the five. Ready? Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, pretty good. Oh, Larry good. Bird, pretty good. He's also good. Michael Jordan, pretty good. Oh, he's, he's decent. LeBron James, pretty good. Eh. Fifth one, Taddeus Young. <laughs> It's like it's like the most like perfect example of cherry picking a stat to make it fit whatever narrative. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I if I was smart enough to cherry pick stats like that, I would do it all day. That's all I would do. Also, I lied. Ellis Hobbs did share the record for longest kick return of 108 yards for a little while. Um, until like Jacoby Jones broke it literally a week later or no, no, no. He tied it like a week later and then it was broken later on with a 109 yard kick return. So no, we've had Antonio Cromarty who, who broke it. Cromarty. Yeah. And he did that. Like he broke the Vikings like a week after Ellis hops tied it too. It's pretty cool. Like hope you enjoyed that for a week, Ellis. Um, man, are we going to move on to UNC? We're going to clap it up for our boys. Yep. Dude, Otz, man, he's got the boys fucking working. Dude, he... They grind, dude. I, I, dude. They grind. Could you imagine if, like, let's just say you haven't ate all day, and there's, okay. like, your favorite meal is at the basket, and you got to try and, with a basketball, get past one of, like, the Iowa State... Uh, basketball team guys, oh, you're not eating. What, what was you're that? Not, you're not fucking eating. <laughs> you got to get past the Iowa State. Basketball yeah, like you got, you got to, like you got to get around them. They're just, they're gonna, they're gonna go. get in front of you. You okay. know. All right. You're, they just, I don't know. It's crazy. Like I, I was able to finally get to watch them, and they just make your ass work for every bucket for the most part. They're, oh, yeah. they're. They're hustling. UConn was a little rough. They they got out rebounded and stuff, but like it's still on the defensive end. I love watching it because it's just it's totally different Iowa State basketball than what I got to watch and watch after with like you know Hoyball and and the monstrosity that Steve Prom put out there. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, basketball is just, um, it's fun now. I I'm sticking to my guns on this. Oh, okay. What, what are you going to say? I did propose this on the last episode. What would you rather have Otter Campbell? And that's Campbell. looking pretty. I, I, I think this proposal, I, I would like to be, I'm, I'm, I'm the first one on the stake. Can I, can I at least get that recognition? First one 1, on the stake. And okay. also I'll tell you this. Um, I was thinking about that take a lot this weekend. I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't like, I have been thinking about that take for a while new ever since you brought it up. Um, and take. here, well, here's where I stand with it. I think, um, how do I want to phrase this? Because I don't, cause I don't disagree with you for what it's worth. I really don't. 
but here's where I guess I stay on the Campbell train. We've never been good at football. Dan McCarney. All right. We'll give him his, uh, we'll give him his bag, but we just haven't. And I think the football program is the most important one for an athletic department. So if I, I don't disagree with that at all, that's, that's 100% true. There you go. So as far as like the financial end of things, it's most important to like keep track of your football more than anything else. Um, and I, I don't know. So, and I think I fear too badly that if we get rid of Campbell or if that Campbell leaves, whatever happens there, that it would be really hard for us to climb back to honestly, even like a four and eight season. Well, no, no, let, let, let me, let me, um, let me change up the, the question a little bit. Who do do you trust to have more success moving forward from this point on? Osterberger or Campbell? That's a better question. I'm going with Ots. Damn it. Yeah, you got me. It's (laughs) Ots. It's hard to not. Like, it's hard to. The other thing that you have to keep in mind is Iowa State is only ever a one sport school. When was the last fucking time we were going to football and basketball at the same time? No joke. Never never occurred. It's never fucking happened. Basketball got bad when Campbell had his best seasons. And then... I I don't have the stats in front of me. I think it was 2017 or 2018. We were good in football, and we won the Big 12 uh, tournament, which we I think we lost first round of the NCAA tournament. Maybe Those teams should have been better. To this day, that was the most talent, and this is more of a of a knock on Prome and his developmental coaching than anything else. But to this day, that was the most talented Iowa State basketball roster I've ever seen in my entire life. Mariel Shyock, Lindell Wigginton, Taylor Horton Tucker, Tyrese Halliburton, Cam Lard. It was insane, the talent that we had on that team. It is very comparable to that Niang, Naslong, Deontay Burton, Jamil McKay team. But I just think we had more talent. DeAndre Kane. Monte. DeAndre Kane wasn't there when uh, Deontay Burton was there. Mm. I'll yeah. take DeAndre Kane and freshman year Monte Morris. I think that team that was, was a great one. That team was, that was so a great fucking one. good. Anyway, um, that UNC game was awesome though, and I remember I think there was about two minutes to go. I was watching in a bar with my friends, leaving my sick wife who had COVID, basically to just um die. Yeah, basically to suffer at home. I'm like, all right, peace out. I'm going to go watch this Iowa state game at a bar with my friends. I tested negative, by the way, I want everyone to know that. Um, in two minutes left, we were down by three. I turned to my friend. I said, we are winning this game. And I was like, I hate that. I'm saying that while we're down. And I, I hate that. I'm even saying that out loud. Cause I never, I never say that. I'm like, but there's something about the energy there. We are winning this game. And from the moment I said that, I guess I'm God because we did not pull behind at all. From there, we tied the game up, and then we pulled ahead, and then we stayed ahead, and we ran the course and won by five. It was so epic. I also think that I'm God because I started watching that game. You can be Jesus. I'll be God. All right. Who's the Holy Spirit? Um, We both are. Nice. This is so sacrilegious. My mom's going to hate me for this. <laughs> Anyways. Um. I started watching the game that day, and as soon as I logged in to watch it, UNC went on an 8-0 run, and then I stopped watching it, and then we ended up winning. 
So I'm also got two because I got out of there. I realized like I was like, I'm fucking with something here. I stopped watching it and then people just texted me, oh OMG, I can't believe we won. And I was like, fuck yeah, one. <laughs> Sick. So that's actually thank you. That was a very noble sacrifice. You're welcome, Cyclonation. Because I me, was like, you. I was like, nope, I'm not gonna be the reason we lose today. Dude, TJ Otzelberger has his fingerprints all over this team. Um, I, I posted this on Thursday night when it happened, but against Villanova, we essentially blew a lead. Like we, I think we were up by eight at one point. Excuse me. The and then, um, yeah, I usually mute myself on that, but that time I just let it hang. Um, so basically I think we were up by eight or six. Anyway, there was no reason we should have had any momentum, but Villanova came back forces the game into overtime. And at that point, Villanova has all the momentum going into overtime. We should feel so horrible about ourselves. That is not what Oz did though. He basically watches his team blow this lead, force it into overtime. And he jumps off his seat and is ecstatic. It is He's clapping. He's getting everyone engaged. He's energized. And again, that should not be where your mind goes at that point, but he's built different. And he's one of those guys that he knows if I have the confidence, we're going to win this game, then everyone's going to follow suit. This is why I don't knock Matt Campbell when he doesn't throw his staff under the bus in his conferences. Like when he says, Oh, special teams, you know, Bonamago has been doing a lot of really good things. We know Bonamago hasn't, but what is going to make that situation worse by putting him on blast and exposing and saying exactly what you're thinking at that point. No, the best thing you can do is honestly lie, be positive because you know, at that point, that is going to be the only thing that can kind of maybe help bring them back up to where they need to go. So instead of prone, excuse me, prone, instead of Otzelberger just going like, Oh man, we blew that lead. We shouldn't even be going in overtime. He's like, no, bring it on. I want this to happen. I have confidence in my I have confidence in my guys that we're going to get the job done and that's exactly what they did. Overtime started and it felt like we had control of the game. We only won by 2, but it felt like we had control of that entire overtime and it was just it was so sick. That's all I got to say. It was sick. He he seriously squeezes every ounce of like effort and energy out of the guys. It's like they're going for Every goddamn loose ball, they're 50-50 winners. It's it's fantastic. It, it it's refreshing to see. It's 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 awesome to to watch, honestly. Um, and I just I really hope he can he can keep up the momentum. You know, like I, same thing. It's like I I still don't think this is a you know a very talented team, to be honest. He's still getting his guys in, lost a good amount of production, but these guys are making everyone that they're playing work for their points. And that, mm-hmm. and that's that's what gets them wins. And like the Big 12s, I mean, absolute fucking grind fest again this year. It's gonna be hard, and I think we're gonna see pretty similar results to last year of just like, yeah, this team's gonna hit some other teams that do the exact same thing because we play defense in the Big 12. You know? Oh yeah, we play fucking defense in the Big 12. We also win Natties, best basketball conference by far. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, but I'm excited. I, I really like the future of this program. He he has so many like Iowa State ties too. That's great. Like I think that's that's another thing that's like so reassuring because like we're we're just such stepping stones for things where it's like you know we know that we're Iowa State and we know that there's like better jobs and things that are like whatever. But it's it's refreshing to see have kind of you know even in football you know like we've seen Campbell get asked to do a lot of things. 
or interviewed or, or whatever. And it's, it's refreshing to right now kind of feel stability with some of our coaches who are also, you know, they're trying to change the program. Like both of these guys, like they implemented black uniforms, things like that. You know, it's like, they're trying mm-hmm. to change the perception of Iowa state athletics as a whole too. And it's also great that we have an athletic director like Jamie Pollard, who's willing to, to change and to incorporate this kind of stuff because like you, I'm sure he has boosters and shit that are oh, yeah. like, we shouldn't be doing this or whatever. And it's like, Hey, I appreciate your money, respect your opinion and stuff, but like, this is what these coaches want and we're seeing on, on and off field success. So like, that's what we're going to do. And, and like, you know, so in getting guys that love Iowa state too, like, um, TJ Altsberger, credit to Eli Boker, Boker, Baker, however you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name, but he was on the verge of tears and said, I love Iowa state. I want to build the program for the long haul. This is for life. I'm living my dream. And I think a lot of people after that UNC, when like their first thoughts were, damn it, don't be too good because we don't want you to leave. He's not one of those guys that's going to do that though. Like I honestly feel more stability with Otz as our head coach than with Campbell. And not that Campbell really has given us any reason to think he's going to go. I just think we all deep down believe that he probably eventually will. Otz, I truly think that if he continues to just manhandle people, he's going to be in this position for a long time. I don't think he's wanting to actually leave. Like, I don't think he's using Iowa State as a as a stepping stool. Um, One thing about his background, too, like he just has so many ties, you know, his wife played here. He coached here as an assistant. He's been in Ames for a while. He loves it. Like he's been recruiting for forever. It feels like. Yeah. Like he's sold himself. He's, he's, he's done so many of the pitches of Ames that like, he's just sold himself on Ames as a whole. He's like the water's great. And it's a great college town. And um, BNC Fieldhouse is a fantastic place to get $5 pitchers of, you know, vodka, rum, tequila drinks any day of the week. That was really good. You like that one? Shout out really good. You're welcome, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> As if we don't plug you guys enough. Um, you know, one thing about this team, though, it's not going to be super sustainable for us to win all these games in the Big 12 without having offensive play. This is what we talked about a lot last year. Um, however, here's so I went into this weekend saying I think we're better offensively this year than we are last year. I don't think it's by a huge margin. So I think we're still going to have to grind on the defensive end to win these games. But here's why I believe we're a little bit better. Isaiah Brockington was the best offensive player on last year's roster and this year's roster. Okay. I think we agree on that, right? Yep. However, with the addition of Jaron Holmes and Shun, I think that those two combined are at the very least bring as much offensive depth that Isaiah Brockington did just on his own. And alongside that, I think that we're seeing some players start to develop like we want them to at Caleb Grill and other players that will just continue to naturally be a little bit better this year than they were last year. Naturally, that's why I think our offense is going to be better this year. Shun is also a great rim protector, and he's a good offensive threat down low too. And we haven't had a, a bruiser like that in a while, it feels and I, I remember last year I said, we we're missing a bruiser down low desperately. Well, we got him. We got him. And I think Jaron Holmes is a great point guard who's not afraid to score. Um, and I just think if one person gets hot per game, which honestly, that's not asking for a lot. It's really not. If one person gets hot, then you can win any of these games. You can. 
Um, and we saw that with Caleb Grill against UNC. Down goes number one. So I'm feeling a lot better offensively this year. I still don't think we're where we want to be, but with Otz's coaching style, the way we play defense, we're, we're going to be able to win a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we're going to be pretty competitive in a lot of games. And the other thing is, is that like, Next year is when we get some pretty big ass recruits too. So it's like, and I'm not trying to ever like look forward or whatever with the season, but it's really nice to see this like culture get established. And then you're also like loading up, you know, it's like, Hey, we have this like repeat, you know, like last year wasn't like a one-time fluke with like these certain players that were bought in and we lost some guys. It's like this mm-hmm. same sort of like culture is being implemented. You know, there's obviously you know, the most important player like jazz is still there and he's able to implement his, his defensive and playing style. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, that like, uh, no, you got it. That I think it's just, it's really refreshing and nice to see that it's, it's, it wasn't a one team thing. It's like a, a top down thing that hopefully should, maintain itself over the years because it's something that like odds thinks is very you know like important for this team's like identity and how they're going to play and stuff and And like you play good defense in college basketball that's how you win you know like it's it's totally different than the nba the nba it's like better offense beats great defense because everyone is super crazy athletic and and whatnot and you have to be able to get your shot off and stuff like that whereas like you can defend as a group in college basketball and grind out teams just because of the nature of the game and stuff and have i think more success and you know like i hate i hate to like whatever with it but it's kind of like why you see teams like iowa and stuff they struggle in the tournament or what you know it's like we said that going into like even the tournament we're like i like this iowa state team because like they can have an off night shooting but the other team's probably going to have an off-night shooting, too, because this defense is reckless. Iowa has an off-night shooting. They can't do shit on the other end defensively. And mm-hmm. it's just the floodgates open, and they hope that they can, like, keep up. You know, like, that's that's one of the nice things here um, that I really like about the structure of it. And, like, we even saw with Hoiberg's team. It's the same thing with Hoiberg's team. It's like, yeah, I was just there's, a, there's a lot of times that we outgun teams, and it was just like – we will exchange two points for three points. We will happily just do as many possessions and hopefully outscore you guys. There's a lot of times that then you lose to UAB. You lose to these teams that you probably shouldn't maybe lose to on a regular basis. You guys like you're just off. You made one sweet 16 with Hoiberg, right? One? Yeah, the UNC, uh, when we beat UNC with DeAndre Kane that year. Yes. And, um, was that the same year that Niang lost or uh, Niang broke his foot? Because we that was when we lost to Kentucky in the Elite Eight. No, um, no, we lost to Connecticut. Because UConn won he... it that year. Oh, oh, UConn won it. Okay. You're Kentucky thinking of when we lost to Kentucky in, with Royce White. And they also won. Okay, that was it. It was a few but years But that was in it. the round of 32. Yes. Was that round of 32? I thought that, that was like... I'm pretty oh, sure. Round, it was 30. Yep. No, you're right. It was 32. Like the, it was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to your point, we would almost consider those Hoiberg teams to be our greatest, you know, teams that we've had when in reality, we didn't find the success that we found in one year with Ots. And so I think that's not a detriment on like Niang, Hoiberg or anything. It's just the style of play. Exactly. Like you said, you can win this way with college basketball. And let's also not forget the fact that 
Milan, Omaha. We have really good recruits coming in next year who are going to bring that offensive diversity to us. So I think the offensive game is just to come. But right now, Ots knows how to win. And right now, he's just putting the clamps down on everyone. And it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And the most important part is the players are bought in. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, the coach can make, this is what we're going to try and do, and doesn't get implemented. You know, like, we saw that. I mean, we specifically saw that, too, with the 2019 team where Tyrese was the best player on that team. They lost some guys. And that team started off the year pretty good. You know, they beat Michigan in the – was I don't know if they played in Maui, but it was one of those early season tournaments. And it was like heading into the Big 12 season. We're like, hey, this team should be pretty solid. And then lo and behold, the that's when the wheels started to fall off. You're like, this team is just struggling. They lost, you know, Tyrese got hurt, but they like even with Tyrese, they're struggling. They lost like whatever. That's sort of the streak of like losing X amount of Big 12 games. And what did we lose? Like 15, 17, 18 Big 12 games in a row or something. It was bad. Dude, we were the only it continued power into five the next conference. year. <laughs> we're the only winless Power Five conference, and it was brutal. Or that was the following year. That was okay. a COVID year. But okay, like so this you're, you're started year, it yep. going into the COVID year. And then the COVID year That's was right. just rough. That was like Rasir Bolton was like just shot player. a million times and it was our best player. Yeah. yeah. That was so. such a tough season to watch. Well, um, I think we're both feeling good about basketball. Um, before we close out, World of Sports, congrats to the Nebraska Huskers for naming not Matt Campbell as their head coach. So nice. thank you, Matt Rule. Um, you know, they did get the um, worst pro football coach this season to join their staff, but also pro football. So, hey, that's kind of cool. They're like, oh, Maybe he'll uh, talk with us a little bit about what Cam Newton was like. Or, or maybe, I don't even know if he was there with Cam Newton. He was who, who are the celebrities that he hung up? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey was a good one. Luke Keekley was gone, I think. Dude, like there, he just had no affiliation with really anyone notable during his time in Carolina. That yeah. kind of sucks. Damn. Well, that's a downer. Well, hopefully Nebraska still sucks. At least they didn't get Urban Meyer. That's even I don't want that for Nebraska. Even I don't. Um, I mean, also, Nebraska I would, would beat Nebraska. that for Nebraska because Nebraska Ur- Urban Meyer does win in college football. He just does. He's a scumbag, but he wins. He yeah, and he would have won at Nebraska. He for sure would have. I was talking to some of my friends who are Nebraska fans, and I was like kind of joking. I'm like, "Oh, you guys are gonna get Urban Meyer?" And they're like, "Honestly, I'd be cool with it." And I'm like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah, dude, he." He just wins. I'm like, well, I, I, this is a loser talk. It is. I would rather have a four and eight season than have Urban Meyer as our head coach. Cause that's publicity. You just don't want, you just don't want it. I you would 100% disagree. disagree. You would take urban to coach us this season over Matt Campbell, coaching us to a four and eight record. No, no, so, I don't. So that's, I wouldn't. That's just, no, no, I wouldn't want him to replace Matt Campbell. I'm saying if we had an opening and we were shitty like Nebraska, I would happily take Urban Meyer as my college football head coach. He wins. That's because you're he a horrible. Gets, he gets recruits. Doesn't. And it's also because you you love um, him being horrible to people, and you want the worst for our coaching staff. Yes. Yeah. No. That's. I want no one with morals on our our coaching staff. Um, Speaking of morals. Um, Iowa lost to Nebraska. I said that earlier. I wasn't sure if you heard me, but I wanted to say it one more time. 
yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty, funny. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. The same day that Iowa State beat UNC, the stars aligned Friday. Rough day awesome. to be that school out east, probably. Yeah. But then we got our shit kicked in by TCU, so then they could kind of make fun of us a little bit. Dude, you know but how you lose to yeah. Nebraska at home. Oh, I forgot it was at home. At home in Kinnick. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's at least really they probably got a good de- deal on like a TV or something like that, you know. Hey, at least they got to drink beer in that stadium. Pollard, your move, man. If if you want us to forget about what this last season was, then you're gonna want us to. Or you one fire my uh, Tom Manning. That's that's number one. Yeah, fire. Well, I'm not gonna say that, but I'll let Newt say that, and I won't. I'm gonna. I'll say it. He's calling for his job. Not Manning's out. Um, and then give us the resources to forget about this past season, meaning. Just flood us with beer. Do you think we'll care that we're losing by 50 to TCU if we get a drink during it? I know the game was at TCU, but still, like, that changes everything. Everything. A little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Probably probably not. Probably not. We already drink enough beer beforehand, and we go out at halftime and drink more beer, and then we drink beer after it, too. So, And if you're like me, you'll... You know, Sneak stuff some shooters down your too. pants. Yeah, and we take some never, shooters. You, you break the rules. Yeah, no, I do. I do. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Kind of a badass. Not going <laughs> to lie. Um, Looks like you don't have morals. So I'm hearing. Damn, you got me. You got me, damn it. Ah, Well, on that note, you guys are listening to two really immoral people here. Um who have made a blasphemous comment, who have said that they want Urban Meyer as their head coach for a shitty football team, and who have been talking mad shit on an offensive coordinator asking for his job. So, yeah, this is... um. You only listed my things. You're a fuckface. <laughs> no, I, I said what whatever that was that I, I honestly forgot. My brain just... I, I'm yeah, happy you to laugh. You didn't right say it, so that's fine. What was it? You say it. I forget. Oh, yeah. You like to break the rules and bring alcohol into a stadium that you're not supposed to bring alcohol into. Precisely. And I'll still continue to do that. <laughs> All right. If you got this far, um, head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Tell Ben we say hello. Give him a hug for us. You know, we, we're, we're all virtual, so we don't really get to see him face to face. So <laughs> miss you, Ben. Um, And Newt, do you have anything else before we close out? Roll clones, baby. All right. It was a fun football season, kind of. Not really. Not, not at all. It's terrible. <laughs> what What should we um do for next season in case we have like another really bad season? Like like what's a game we can play every time we lose that would make it a little bit less insufferable? I don't know because we've like we gotten we've gotten that luxury of um a taste of success, you know. Yeah. And expectations got changed a little bit. And it's like with the same coaching staff for the most part. Yeah. You know, it's not like our coach left. So we're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, we should be better. And then it's kind of been two rough seasons. Like, I'm not going to lie. The year before sucked too. Like, it was brutal. It was not a fun season. We had high expectations and we felt one short. of our most talented rosters. We fell short of it big time. And that was, that was yeah. hard to digest. So, well, um, oh man, we just, we just somehow ended this 
episode on an even worse note. All right, let's count Ots, our odds. Odds. Odds is cool. And we're playing against North Dakota tonight. This will not be posted by the time um, the game is over. So if you're listening to this, then congrats. Iowa State beat North Dakota. Hey, come and on, man. That's going to happen. jinx us now. Oh, okay. And to all the people that think that me talking shit on social media is actually jinxing us. No, no, no. That's um, different. You're probably right. Because we're God. That's well, we, we did this. talk shit to a lot of Big 12 schools, and we only beat Lost. one of them this year. So All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I don't even know if we really went in on West Virginia like we could have. So no, we were huh. kind of demoralized at that point. We had just watched this team struggle to put up what like there's bad. We don't, yeah, we don't need to we don't need to talk about it. All right. Yeah. Well, cheer on the clones yesterday because this isn't gonna be posted by the time we um yeah, the the epi- whatever. This is done. All right, roll, roll clones. clones. Love you guys. Roll All right, clones. bye. bye.